Because if I'm the guy that's trusted enough to be called over and over and over, my cost of acquisition of every new opportunity is so much less. So can I afford to pay him more? Absolutely, it made perfect sense to give him closer to market value because it was an investment that I got a great return on. Welcome to the Apartment Investing Journey, where we explore every facet of multifamily investing and development with top investors, brokers, and service providers who share their strategies, successes, and secrets to help you on your apartment investing journey. Hey guys, welcome to the Apartment Investing Journey. I'm David Robinson. I am super excited about our guest today. He's a good friend of mine and is the co-founder of the Fourplex Investment Group out of Provo, Utah, which specializes in new fourplex developments in planned unit development communities. FIG has developments and property management services for projects in Utah, Idaho, and Texas. Uh, FIG has had $400 million in sales and sold over 4,000 units. Steve is also the broker owner of a REMAX equity franchise here in Utah with approximately $1 billion in lifetime real estate sales. He is an active real estate investor himself and has a personal real estate portfolio worth over $21 million. He's a husband and a father and an all-around good dude. So without further ado, Mr. Steve Bond, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, David. It's really good to be here again. All right. So uh, if you can, maybe just back up and tell me your story. You were born and then what? I was born. I was uh, <laughs> born in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, I lived there all my whole life. In fact, I was just back visiting my mom last weekend. It's Mother's Day weekend and I was out checking project sites in Arizona and uh, stayed there. And I stayed in the same bedroom I was raised in. But at the time, my oldest brother, there's four kids in my family. I was the youngest of four we shared this room and I was telling my mom, I told her like three times, I'm like, that room shrunk. I swear it was huge when I was a kid. <laughs> my brother was like a mile away and I could barely put my like my one uh, carry-on bag and the one bed I was sleeping on, it felt like I couldn't move around in the room. So I don't know what happened to it, but uh, it was huge growing up there. Oh, that's so, so funny. <laughs> so, uh, so then I born and raised Mesa, Arizona, uh, great family. Uh, Poor neighborhood, unfortunately. The, the back alley had halfway houses lining the street. I lock my doors everywhere I go now because I was, you know, just bred with this idea that uh, people will break in and steal your stuff because that happened to us so many times in the house I grew up in. And uh, then I, I left, uh, lived in England for a couple years, serving a mission for my church, came home, got married shortly thereafter, lived in St. George, moved to Gig Harbor, Washington. Uh, and then I moved to Provo, Utah in 2006 to go to school full-time at BYU. So I went to school there, got my license in January 2007, same week I started at BYU to sell real estate. Uh, started selling real estate full-time while I was doing school full-time, and then three and a half years later, one of them was paying me pretty handsomely and the other was not, so I stopped going to school <laughs> with 30 credits left. <laughs> Uh, oh, awesome. built a real estate team, then started fig, then bought a brokerage and started a brokerage. And, and here we are. Cool, man. Well, you've had quite the journey. Maybe let's back up to your transition from residential sales and that moment in your journey 
where you made that transition from residential sales to then starting to think about multifamily? Yeah. So in my mind, I got into real estate because I wanted to someday drive by something that I was a part of. And it's one thing to say, yeah, I had a sign in that yard once and I helped someone sell it. It's another to say that was a piece of dirt. And I worked with some people and we came up with an idea and now it's a part of a community or it is a community in and of itself. I wanted to do that. I had no idea how, but I, I liked the idea of, of being a part of creation and I like development. And so I like to, to do that. You have to think as an investor. And even when I was selling houses residentially, I always thought of my client's experience as an investment experience, whether they were buying or selling, I thought of what the financial implications of their decisions would be. And my, my kind of advocacy or advice always to the client always stemmed from the aspect of that, from how does this affect your financial bottom line? Um, and how can I help add value to that for them? And so it wasn't that hard of a transition mentally to just completely go into the investment side. And as the market kind of was falling apart, 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, uh, what I did see is money sitting on the sidelines, burning a hole in people's pockets, and they wanted stability in real estate. The, the idea or the notion of speculation was kind of not the flavor of the month at all. People wanted cash flow and knew that that, that was safe in real estate even though there weren't a lot of transactions happening, there was money on the sidelines waiting. And, and so when I started with uh, representing Mike, my partner with FIG, uh, we knew that if we could build fourplexes new, uh, that there would be buyers that wanted them if they penciled. And so we came up with a little business concept. Mike came out with some really great ideas of not just the 1970s and 80s fourplex model, but do an entire community and a managed community and just plat it somewhat differently. So it was uh, appealing to the cities as well. And we got larger projects through and that first development was nine fourplexes and it sold out in about 30 days, roughly um, just to my sphere of influence. Um, So in my own database, I didn't realize that I had this large group of investors really ready to transact with money in their bank accounts but there wasn't an opportunity they were excited about. And when we created this concept, there was a lot of excitement waiting. And so we pre-sold it. Uh, I represented a buyer and seller on all nine of those four plexes. And we thought maybe we need to uh, rinse and repeat this and, and try and scale it up. So we did. Man, that's fascinating. Had you, before you started FIG, had you done any transactions with your now business partner, Mike? Was that a relationship that was already in place and there had been transactions that had been completed or was this something that uh, you guys had built somewhat of a relationship and then uh, started fig from day one no we i had actually represented him on single family residences for a while he was introduced to me by another agent actually uh, a great agent and he knew mike and asked me to help Mike in selling some properties that Mike had spec'd out that were not selling with another brokerage. We got those sold. And then Mike uh, did a speculation buy on a mini development in, in uh, Provo. It was a five lot subdivision. 
I exclusively uh, help Mike kind of exit out of that and, and sell all those homes. And then during that process, Mike and I kind of got to know each other well enough to say that we had confidence in each other's abilities to get to the end of the, the finish line. And so we started coming up with this new concept to the, the kind of start of it was how do we build but not compete with the traditional home builder? Mm-hmm. Uh, because it was pretty cutthroat at that time. We had a lot of discount builders out growing their business models, but he didn't want to sell to that end buyer. He wanted to do multifamily. And he had some background experience doing apartment complexes. And and so together we came up with this concept and here we are. And so you tested it out on that very first community. What was that, uh, the um, nine fourplex community, the very first one you did? Where was that one located? So it's called, it's called Steeplechase. It's still featured in our sold section on the website, Steeplechase in Pleasant Grove, Utah. So it's nine fourplexes and then eight mixed-use townhomes over small retail. That's great. And so uh, maybe if we can, let's talk about um, the – the start of fig and that first project, what were the biggest challenges that you faced early on in, in bringing that to life? Yeah. So I'm not a developer, uh, even though I, a lot of people would say I am because I'm a part of fig. Honestly, my, my skill set has been in building the brand, the client experience, um, and selling these fourplexes, helping investors through that process and then building the management company. But one thing I've learned is that development is just, it's just really, really hard. Um, the private mindset of what makes a development work goes very much against the natural grain of a public mindset of a city employee um, or city councils that don't like multifamily or want to put in really expensive amenity package because it, it feels good and it's not their money. And so that development process is the, the, the trickiest part at the beginning stage. It's just getting the ideas of the, the uh, developer to align with the ideas of the city to get a project approved. Once that's approved, then the most complex part is really just building. You've got thousands of hands and bodies that will come into a development and swing a hammer or <laughs> do paint and getting that finished product to end up like you want it to for the end client is a pretty complex process, especially in a very labor constrained market, like many of the markets across the U.S. are having right now, where a lot of people left the building industry because of the last crisis, and now labor costs have gone up and materials have gone up. So managing the building process is a very complex part of it as well. Yeah. You had mentioned that you had pre-sold all the fourplexes, and I believe I heard you say that the majority of those sales going to your own personal network. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Uh, what was that like pre-selling those? Um, what was the discussion about, and uh, how did you get them all sold before you even went vertical and through your own network? Yeah. So many of your listeners are probably real estate professionals in the real estate business as well and have a real estate license. And if they've just done residential sales, then they have a database. If they've kept a CRM and they have a database of clients, they've helped them in a uh, residential process. They don't really talk about investments that often because it just doesn't come up. Uh, What I did is I just simply put together emails that had the 
a very simple Excel spreadsheet of what the investment would be in the asset, what the projected rents were and the projected expenses, and that yielded a cap rate and a cash flow and an internal rate of return. So I could just have these key bullet points I could talk with when they got this email and then if they kind of raised their hand and said, yeah, I'm interested in that or tell me more, I could just pull up the spreadsheet and walk them through it. It was very, very elementary at that time because I just was gaining experience. And so what I did is I sent out email campaigns to the database and a couple online ads and they had floor plans, an Excel spreadsheet, and I had a database at that time of about 3,000 people that I had gotten as far as leads over the, over the years. Sent that out and just said, if you have, I think at the time it was like $100,000 was the down payment on that first investment, maybe 125. I said, if you had $125,000 and you look to invest it, do you have something that would compete against a 12% internal rate of return? Something along those lines. And a lot of people knowing the stock market were like, I don't think I can get that in the stock market. And so if they had that kind of money, I was trying to do a qualifier within the subject of the content that I didn't want people calling me and saying, I've got 5,000. Can I invest? Mm-hmm. Um, because that just didn't qualify them to, to invest in this asset. So what I found is multiple people did have that kind of money and were looking for that kind of return and hadn't been real estate investors yet, but were willing to jump in because we had a trusting relationship in the past with residential. And I could walk them through the floor plan and the projections and why that rent would come in on those assets and how that money would be returned. The calls started coming in and I'd walk them through the spreadsheet, walk them through the process. And then we just lined them up with construction lenders. They got a construction loan. Um, We built it. then they rented them out and they saw their return come back in. That's great. And it ended up on that project being quite a bit better than we had actually originally projected because during that time, the market was already starting to come back. And and then it was 2012, we kind of hit the bottom and started bouncing back and things went really well for those clients. So you, so FIG sort of fits in this unique niche space. Um, Maybe talk to us about why FIG is unique and why someone would want to consider one of your developments versus uh, some of the other multifamily options that are out there. Yeah. So I can't coin this phrase. Last I heard it was from Robert Kiyosaki. I don't know if he's the original of this phrase, but he said, most people see a coin as a two-sided item and there's three sides to every single coin. So if you think about that from our model, on the one side, you have apartment complexes. Those are hard to get into. Uh, you either have to have a large down payment and a lot of experience, or you have to gain the trust to syndicate and get a syndication attorney to have all your documents in line. It's a big play, and there's a lot of underwriting requirements, and it takes a lot of management. Now, once it's figured out, it's a phenomenal process, and all it is is a scaling question. It's the same as a single unit. It's just scaled up, but it feels big. What people like about that is you can define a whole community and it's managed, it's maintained, usually it's amenitized. And so that those are all really nice things for a renter, which makes the multifamily so attractive. On the other side of the coin, it's not syndicated, but it's fee simple real estate ownership, which a lot of investors like. And so they get the one to four unit because you can get a Fannie Mae loan. 
you can get up to 10 of those Fannie Mae loans. So if you got all four plexes, you can get 40 doors eventually. Um, and they like that fee simple ownership. But the downside is that you don't control your neighbor when you own things fee simple. And so if you have a, an old 1970s community of fourplexes, you got one owner that's been diligent at replacing the roof when it needs to be replaced. And he doesn't allow the tenants to paint the doors different colors and put their trash out on the front. And he keeps the landscaping nice. Well, the second the neighbor next to him doesn't, it devalues the quality of his renter and his asset goes down in value because the rents go down. And so that's the downside to fee simple fourplex ownership. So FIG, long story, apologize. No, this FIG is great. Blends those two business models and says, hey, we've got a 200 unit project here. If you drove into one of our finished pro projects, you would think it's a condo community or a townhome community, but it's owned by individual fourplex owners and platted as fourplexes for every set of four townhomes. And they've all got common access into the pool or the amenities and it's managed by an HOA. So when the roof needs to be replaced, that's done. You don't get the slumlord experience because it's all got a central management. So I get the benefits of the apartments, central managed, growing asset base, and I get the benefits of fee simple. If I want out of that asset, I can sell my fourplex anytime I want, or I can re-leverage it and invest again somewhere else. But I get those fee simple lending benefits Plus I get Fannie Mae financing. And so we blended the two and that's the edge of the coin, that third side that so many people miss out on. And that was really where FIG found this sweet spot and created an entirely new market uh, was on that edge of the coin. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fascinating. Um, being able to t take advantage of the benefits of, of both sides of that coin and, and creating that third. Um, and, and the communities are beautiful. Um, and you make such a great point about how you may be in a uh, a fourplex community, you may own one of those, and then you uh, have a, a a great maintenance crew on your fourplex that are handling the exterior and landscaping, and it looks great. But the one next door to you is in disarray and poorly managed, and yeah. that brings down the value of your unit. Um, and having that planned unit development with everything's centrally managed. I mean, you walk into or drive through one of your communities and, and they're gorgeous. They're beautiful. Um, Thank you. And, and the ability to sell off. And on, on the flip side, like you mentioned, the syndication, yeah, you can invest, uh, you know, $100,000 in a syndication, uh, but you may be tied into that for three, five, sometimes seven to 10 years. Whereas uh, with one of your fourplexes, you still get the same benefit, but you can exit if you need, if you need to or want to in the future. Exactly. Love it. Tell me where FIG is at today. I know that uh, you guys have started to break into other states and uh, looking at new opportunities and new horizons. Talk to us a little bit about where FIG's at today. Yeah. So we've done about uh, just over 200 units in Houston, Texas market with another 200 in the works being sold right now and about 300 in the works behind that. Uh, then we're in the, the Utah market. We've done several thousand in Utah throughout the whole Wasatch Front. Uh, for those listeners out of state, the Wasatch Front is all of Utah and Salt Lake County, uh, for the most part up into Davis County. And then uh, in Idaho, we're in the Meridian or Boise metro market. And Boise is just hot. Um, all three of these markets have different things going for them. 
but they have one central theme and that's they grow, they're growing populations, they're a younger population than the national average, so they're bringing up good employment force population growth. Um, they have internal and external creation of, of uh, the bodies, which is what we like when we put a fig market out there or we go into a market. These are the requirements of a fig market is that you have to have these things. They have high STEM job growth, which is the science, technology, engineering, mathematics. We want the science-based job growth because if it's too high sectored into just a college town or an energy-based economy, those can fluctuate so much that we, we need to see the stability of job growth uh, that's diverse. And uh, so that's important to us as well. They have uh, declining crime rates, low unemployment. Um, all of those things are, are important to what we look for when we go into a fig community. So Utah, Idaho, and Texas currently, as I mentioned earlier in our call, I was down in Arizona last weekend. We have about six different project locations we're looking at down there some under contract in escrow moving forward. Um, and so we will be expanding into the Arizona market and launching that soon. And your listeners are going to hear about that before a lot of our clients even know about that. So congratulations. Hey, cool. I like that. So um, I appreciate uh, you spending some time talking about FIG, the unique investment opportunity that FIG, that FIG is and, and that niche space that it fills, the growth that you guys have experienced over the last few years and where you're headed. Uh, maybe if we can, uh, as we start to wind down, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about your own uh, personal uh, investment journey. And uh, a lot of our listeners um, will be individuals that are just starting their own personal investment journey. They're starting to think about where uh, they can put some money that's going to get them a decent return and something that can start to build wealth for them. And so maybe if you can, take me back to one of your first uh, or early uh, investments that you made in multifamily. And let's talk about one of those. Okay. Yeah. Before FIG even was a thing and before I was even selling investment properties, obviously I was selling residential real estate. And so some of the best investments I've made um, outside of FIG were within that space. I had a client call me. His mom had a duplex that had the potential to be converted into a fourplex. She'd owned it for years and he just said, Steve, if you'll just come out, I'd already sold the property for him in the past. Come on out, take a look at this. I really just need to get 275,000. Can you make that work? Or sorry, 250. Can you make that work? And this was back, I believe it was about 2009 or 10. And I, I went out there and I said, I can get you actually probably 325, honestly. I mean, this is a great asset, really good condition, great area. Um, but if you want, I'll buy it myself for 275, no commission. So 25 grand more than he wanted uh, pre-me paying commission or pre-him paying commission. I said, I'll buy it at that because I, I know there's still upside and you won't have to worry about showing it or disturbing your tenants at all. Or I will gladly put it on the market next week. You just tell me what you want to do and I'll put it up for 325. You'll net a little more money. And so he took the weekend. He called me on Monday and said, Steve, like, thanks so much. I had no idea it was worth that much, but I, I'll just let you buy it for 275. And so I bought that. Um, it's been a great asset. I did do the conversion into a fourplex that cost me only like 15, 20 grand. And 
so I was into that about 290 when it was all said and done, plus my closing costs, which weren't that much because interest rates were awesome at the time. And uh, I just sold that just in the last two months for 545 grand. And so it cash flowed about $1,400 a month since, since I owned it. And then I uh, just converted that to, what is that? $270,000 profit margin. So um, it went really well. That was a great asset for me. Man, that's awesome. And, and uh, for any, any listeners that are real estate agents, I, I think there's a, a really important point to be made there. Uh, so you went in, this was a client that reached out to you, said, hey, I've got this, uh, this property that we need to sell. If you can give me 250, I'll sell it. And, and you looked at it, and I think all too often we, we don't look through the lens of an investor first and broker second. And is there an opportunity for me to, you know, take care of the client, which you did, you paid him more than, than he wanted originally, um, and gave him options, but, uh, but you saw an opportunity and you, and you, and you jumped on that opportunity as well. I think that's awesome. Well, thanks. You know, a, a couple other takeaways in addition to that, he called me as a fiduciary to begin with. I think that's important as a real estate professional. I could have gotten that for 250 and I probably would have been fine and I would have made more money. But the fact is, is that every client is an opportunity or every person we come in contact with is an opportunity for a relationship and relationships are the most profitable thing I've ever had in this business because I want Dennis to call me again if his friend owns a four or fourplex that he needs to sell or a multifamily property he needs to sell or even a house for that sake. Because if I'm the guy that's trusted enough to be called over and over and over, my cost of acquisition of every new opportunity is so much less. So can I afford to pay him more? Absolutely. It made perfect sense to give him closer to market value because it was an investment that I got a great return on. Absolutely. Well, look, Steve, um, I want to wind down here. I've got three questions about your apartment investing journey that I, I, I want to get your just knee-jerk gut reaction to them. You ready? Okay, let's hear it. All right. What is the biggest mistake you've made during your apartment investing journey so far? The biggest mistake typically is situated from fear. Um, when I have not taken the opportunity to buy because I was fearful uh, of taking action. What's the biggest win you've had on your apartment investing journey so far? <laughs> the exact opposite. So because I made a commitment to buy, I have missed opportunities that I could have actually still gone and bought more. Uh, and, but I have taken some action. I mean, to build up the portfolio I've had, I, I couldn't have sat on the sidelines forever. And so I've, I have taken enough action to where it's been an amazing snowball effect. And originally my goal was, I just need to buy one door a year. And now to be at a point where I'm, I'm trying to acquire, you know, between 50 and 100 new units a year just myself without syndication, but privately. And to be able to think that way and do that has been awesome. And that's only because I took action. I got out there, I got my first door, and then I got a fourplex, and then I got a 12plex, and I built up equity and, and kind of the teeth to be able to keep doing it. What is the best advice you have for someone who's just starting their apartment investing journey? Don't think about real estate as a what's in it for me. 
but truly try and add value to your relationships. Don't, don't think scarcity, think abundance. And in every relationship you're after, you'll glean things from people when you're there to help them. And uh, so that, that would be it, just to think abundantly and be of value and be service-minded, be, be teachable and be willing to teach on every opportunity. Man, that's awesome. Well, Steve, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, you're a busy man and uh, I appreciate you taking some time to share some thoughts with us about FIG, about real estate investing in general. Um, how can listeners connect with you uh, as it relates to FIG or uh, your REMAX brokerage as well? Yeah, you bet. So our office uh, phone number is 801-899-1950. And the website for FIG is just FIG, Fourplex Investment Group, so FIG.us. And you can schedule a consultation there or take a look at what we've got to offer. So thank you so much for having me on the show. My pleasure, man. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. We'll see ya. Hey, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, please take a second and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a quick review and even share it with anyone you think would be interested. Uh, This helps our show get found by others and helps us attract great guests as well. So thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next week for another episode.